Hello and welcome to The Nature Storyteller. This evening is a special one where families come together to celebrate the birthday of the National Poet of Scotland, Robert Burns. You may have welcomed in 2024 with the words of the bed if you joined in with Old Lang Syne, one of over 500 poems that he wrote. The first Burns Night was celebrated in 1801, five years after Burns died. It is said that some of his closest friends came up with the idea of commemorating Robert in an annual celebration. That first event took place at Burns Cottage in Alloway. The first night included a tasty meal of haggis performances of Burns' work and a speech honouring the Great Bard. The night was deemed such a success that it was decided that the occasion would be held again, this time in honour of Rabbi's birthday and so the tradition we enjoy today was born. The centrepiece of that first evening was the Burns Supper, which remains today. Haggis with neeps or turnips, tatties or potatoes, usually mashed, and a flaming whiskey sauce. The evening celebrations will begin with the host reading Burns' poem addressed to the haggis. The haggis will then be brought to the table, often on a silver platter, while a piper plays. This is known as piping the haggis. Then there will be a rather elaborate cutting of the haggis with a large knife before the assembled guests enjoy their Burns night supper. After supper, the guests will spend the evening dancing to Scottish folk and traditional music, perhaps better known as a Cayley. If you have yet to go to a Cayley, go as soon as possible. So in January's dark, cold depths, Burns Night brings joy to your heart as you spend the night dancing with friends. Of course, we have two traditional Scottish tales to share with you this evening. As will already be clear, Whilst I have a Celtic heart and soul, my voice is not native, and I do hope that that won't stop your enjoyment of these tales today. We begin with a story from Ayrshire on the southwest coast of a mystical creature in the classic tale of the Selkie Bride. Many years ago, in the coastal village of Ballantrae, on the rugged southwest coast of Scotland, a fisherman had braved the treacherous sea for hours. But sadly, he had returned with only the handful of the tiniest fish. Disheartened, he rowed back to shore and he beached his small boat. 
as he trudged along the pebbly beach with the sky gradually darkening he suddenly heard the sound of beautiful voices singing a melody he had never heard before the song was so enchanting that it seemed to fill the air with magic following the sound he turned towards the water and was amazed to see a group of mysterious creatures that he knew as selfies they were frolicking singing and laughing on the shore as if they were having the time of their lives. Now humans rarely see selfies as they are known to shed their seal skins and take on human form only occasionally. The fisherman was mesmerized by the sight but as soon as the selkies noticed him they vanished into the sea disappearing beneath the waves in a swirl of foamy water. Trying to shake off the feeling that he had just witnessed something extraordinary, the fisherman turned to leave. Something caught his eye. He noticed a sleek, shiny object lying on a rock nearby. Moving closer, he saw that it was a seal skin. Realizing that this was his chance to prove to the others that he had seen the Selkies, he picked up the skin and he slung it over his shoulder. As he began to walk up the beach, he heard a sobbing sound behind him. He turned around and the fisherman saw a young woman who was so beautiful, but she was weeping uncontrollably and her tears flowed like a waterfall. The fisherman asked her why she was crying, and the woman looked at him with tear-filled eyes and said that he had taken her sealskin, which belonged to the selfies. She asked for him to return it, as without it she could not return to her home under the sea. But the fisherman was struck by her beauty and he had fallen in love with her at first sight. But he was also young and headstrong, so he refused to return the sealskin to her. Instead, he clutched it tightly to his chest, thinking that he could keep her forever. The young man with a determined look in his eyes and with the utmost grace said, Please be my wife, for I have fallen in love with you and without your seal skin you'll have to live on the land. I'll make you happy, I promise. The woman, her eyes filled with worry and fear, replied, Please, I could never be happy on land and my folk will be so worried, I must go home. The young man, however, was not ready to give up. He smiled as sweetly as he could and he said, I do have a cosy little cottage. I'll keep you warm by the fire. I'll feed you all the fresh fish you could ever wish to eat. And I promise you will live a happy life on the land. Please agree to be my bride. The young woman, helpless without her skin, 
was trapped on the land and couldn't return to her home in the sea. She reluctantly took his hand and he led her to his home. Though deep down she knew she would get her seal skin back and return to the sea, the fisherman, afraid his bride-to-be would steal her skin and slip away, kept it with him for many weeks. However, after a while, the Selkie began to settle into life on land, and when the fisherman saw this, he pushed the skin inside a crevice in the chimney. She will never find it there, he thought to himself. Another month went by and they got married. The fisherman was kind and generous, and he truly loved his wife. Though he was sometimes stubborn, he always worked hard to make her happy. As time passed, the Selkie woman grew to love her stubborn husband, and sometimes she would sing to him. And those nights, he thought he was the happiest man in the world. The couple had seven children, and the Selkie wife loved these lads and lasses with all her heart. Occasionally, the children would find their mother on the beach, gazing wistfully out to sea. Mother, why do you look so sad, they would ask. Oh, I've been dreaming too long, she would say, shaking her head and kissing their forehead. One day, the fisherman and the three eldest children went out in the boat to catch more fish. The next three walked to the village to buy bread and milk, and the mother and her youngest son stayed home. As the mother gazed out of the window, she was mesmerized by the sight of waves crashing onto the shore. Her eyes were fixed on a group of seals in the distance, playing and barking on the slick black rocks. Overcome with emotion, she let out a deep sigh as the tears were welling up in her eyes. Just at that moment though, her youngest son ran to her side. He was concerned and curious about his mother's sadness. What's wrong? he said. Why do you always look so sad when you stare out to sea? His mother looked at him and softly said, I'm sad because I was born in the sea. It's my home and where my heart is, but I can never return because your father has hidden my seal skin. Now, like most children in Scotland, the boy had heard stories about the Selkie people and knew immediately that his mother must be one of them. And so, without hesitation, he ran to the fireplace, reached up inside and pulled out his mother's sealskin from its hiding place. He held it out to her with a sense of wonder and curiosity. Is this it? he asked. His mother was astonished at the sight of her skin, which she thought had been lost forever. One day I was alone with my father, the boy explained, and he took 
this from its hiding place and he stared at it. He said it was special and now I understand why. Overwhelmed by her emotions, the woman embraced her son and held the seal skin close to her heart. My darling, she whispered, I will always love you. Then she raced out of the house and down towards the sea with a strong sense of determination and purpose. Her heart pounded with excitement as she neared the water's edge. She quickly slipped into her sleek, smooth seal skin and dived headfirst into the sea. The frigid water embraced her and she experienced a sensation of liberation and excitement that she had not felt in such a very long time. As she swam deeper into the ocean, she knew she had finally returned to the world where she truly belonged. The sound of the waves and the gentle swaying of the kelp forest soothed she swam. She was no longer a human woman, but a graceful and powerful creature of the sea. Meanwhile, the fishermen and some of the children were rowing past a group of seals on their way home. As they approached, they noticed a young, sleek seal looking at their boats with a sad, curious expression. Then suddenly they heard a mournful cry as the seal disappeared under the water. The fisherman knew it was his silky wife and that she had returned to her home deep under the sea. Although he and all the children missed her dearly, they knew she was finally happy and back in the world where she truly belonged. From that day on, a seal would often swim close to the shore and the fisherman's net was always filled with large, gleaming fish. They knew their selkie mother was watching over them and helping them with her love. She had promised to love them forever, but longed to be in her world deep under the sea. And that's the tale of the selkie bride. you enjoyed the selkie bride story as much as i have relished in telling it now let's move on to our second story of the evening which is about two celtic goddesses breed and vera although they are sisters they have distinct personalities that set them apart in many ways and this causes some exciting conflicts just as it does in tonight's tale called Saving the Forest. So, whilst you take a moment to get comfortable and prepare yourself, let me tell you that the nature storyteller will return in two weeks time with two more tales that are sure to captivate and entertain you. Until then, 
raise a glass of your favorite drink and cheers to good health and happiness. Slan Shiva. Once upon a time, two goddesses, Braid and Bera, ruled over the people in the west of Scotland. They were sisters, but couldn't have been more different in character or appearance. Braid was a stunning beauty with long, flowing blonde hair and sun-kissed skin that shimmered like bronze. Her captivating smile could light up even the darkest corners of the land, and the people adored her for her kindness and generosity. Bera, on the other hand, was a fearsome sight to behold. Her skin was mottled with a deep blue hue, and her hair was a tangled mass of purple. Her most striking feature was the piercing red eye at the centre of her forehead. Whenever she ruled, the weather would turn foul and the land would be covered in sleet and snow and howling winds, leaving the people miserable and cold. Back then, the people in the west of Scotland depended heavily on the forest for survival gathering nuts and fruits from the trees to feed themselves and their animals. They also used the branches to make fires and build their homes. However, when Bera ruled, the leaves would wither and die, leaving the people with scarce resources and a bleak future. When Braid ruled, the forest came to life and the trees flourished in the warm sun, bearing fruits that ripened to perfection. The people would sing and dance in her honour, celebrating her kindness and generosity. Braid and Bera agreed that when one ruled, the other would go to an island far off the west coast so they could rule in their own way without interruption from the other. So one summer's day, as she sat on her remote island, feeling miserable, sad, and consumed by jealousy, Vera hatched a plan. She planned to send someone else in her place to rule while she remained on the island to watch from afar. Bera summoned a ferocious dragon to her island and whispered her plan into his golden ear. She conjured up an enormous cloud and hid the dragon deep in the middle. Then she watched eagerly as the dragon and cloud blew away across the sea towards the mainland of Scotland. The people stopped smiling as the cloud approached, and as the dark cloud appeared over the land, it blocked out the sun. Then, giant balls of fire began to 
fall from the clouds, setting everything they hit alight, and the people ran to hide in their houses, fearing for their lives. Fire rained from the dark cloud for days and days, and a devastating fire ravaged Scotland's picturesque forest, reducing the once lush greenery to a barren wasteland. The inferno had consumed everything in its path, including the stately pine trees and the flourishing fruit bushes. The king, alarmed by the destruction, summoned his bravest warriors to a meeting, where he told them that a fierce dragon was lurking in the cloud, and it was the dragon that had set the forest ablaze. The warriors, armed with their spears and the archers with their arrows, attacked the cloud, hoping to defeat the dragon. But the dragon was well hidden deep within the cloud and remained invisible to the warriors and the archers, and their spears and arrows missed the dragon completely. All this time, the fire continued to rain down, destroying more and more of their precious forest. At his wit's end, the king called upon the wisest people from all across the land, hoping to find a solution to the dragon menace, but to no avail. When all hope seemed lost, a young girl appeared at the castle, offering an unlikely solution. Despite the guard's ridicule, the king heard her out. Then he ordered his best archers and warriors to scale the highest hills, and he instructed the people to take away the baby animals from their mothers, including taking the human babies from their mothers. As the babies were separated from their mothers, what do you think happened? That's right, they cried. Lambs and kids bleated, foals neighed, chicks chirped, calves mooed, ducklings quacked, and the human babies wailed inconsolably. High up in the sky, concealed within his cloud, the dragon heard the cacophony of crying sounds from far below. Now the dragon who had always considered himself the most fearsome creature in all of Scotland, was a bit taken aback by the intensity of the crime. He had never before caused so much misery and distress to anyone and made them cry at such a level. He was listening to the pitiful sounds and the dragon began to feel a sense of dread creeping up upon him because he wondered if there was something even more terrifying than him lurking below. And worse, perhaps that beast would come after him next. The dragon was perched deep inside his thick cloud trying to find a way out of the situation. He strained his eyes to see through the dense mass of vapours, hoping to find what was causing all the babies on the ground to be so sad and so miserable. 
But as he scanned the grounds below, all he could see was a hazy floor of wafting clouds. Despite the uncertainty, the dragon was determined to find the source of all the misery. He knew he had to take a closer look to figure out what was happening. So slowly, he descended towards the bottom of the cloud and began to peer out cautiously. As he got nearer to the bottom of the cloud, he heard the collective cries of the forest creatures. Although he couldn't spot anything more formidable than him, he knew that something was wrong, very wrong. So he decided to move further out of the cloud so he could get a better view. It was then that the king's warrior sprang into action, just as the dragon's chest appeared. With fierce determination, they hurled their spears and the archers shot a hail of arrows from their bows. This time, they found their target, and the dragon plummeted from the cloud until a loud thud signaled his landing on the ground. The cloud immediately began to evaporate and was gone within minutes. The king ordered an immediate reunion of all the babies with their mothers, and the forest creatures came out to celebrate the salvation of their beloved forest. And a grand party was thrown for all, and everyone came to sing and to dance late into the night, rejoicing in their victory over the dragon in the cloud. And that is a very good place for us to end our story. Thank you for joining us today at The Nature Storyteller. I hope our stories have taken you to a beautiful place, deep within your own imagination. And at the same time, I hope you've gained more knowledge about the natural world and wild creatures that share it with us. Storytelling has always been a way for our ancestors to share their understanding, learning, wisdom and knowledge of their world. Through the generations, these stories have entertained, informed and inspired people. And they continue to do so to this very day. Now it's time for me to return to the forest and begin a new adventure that I will share with you on the next Nature Storyteller podcast.